the following radio show takes place between 5.30 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. Events occur in fake time. Welcome back, everybody, to Simulation Radio Live. This one is indeed for Monday, November... Let me check my phone real quick. Yeah, that's right. Monday, November 29th, 2021. And we are, of course, doing yet another edition of Simulation Radio Live. So how's everybody's Cyber Monday going? Uh, I hate to pull this real quick right off the bat and just start with the instant promotion, but uh, I have something that's relevant to Cyber Monday for everybody that's looking to just consume everything, whether it be you're buying something or if you're just looking for content to consume. Look, all the content that you want to consume is free here, and I did a video about something that... uh, is no longer a piece of Cyber Monday that you can consume. It is, of course, at Simulation Radio on everything, especially the YouTube, because that's where this video went live. I did a video uh, earlier this afternoon about the this dancing cactus that was just kind of wiggling around. I thought it was pretty cute, but it is no longer available for sale, and you can you can see why. But otherwise... I would really like to know how everybody's uh, Cyber Monday is, because that is, of course, what today is. You go out, you don't really go out, you stay sitting at your computer, and you buy all the shit. So hang out on this lovely Cyber Monday. Hopefully you've done all of your shopping already, and you can just hang around, have a good time, because we are going to have uh, quite a good time today. As you can see, the studio is now in proper prime christmas condition that i uh i took 20 minutes and and did yesterday look i walked took a walk to walgreens and i saw this these little strands of garland on the shelf and i thought "Hmm, you know what this uh could be a little bit festive i'm not usually festive around the christmas time because i don't know life just life has a way of beating you in the ass enough around the holiday season to where look I'm more concerned about the stuff that's kicking me in the ass than I am about actually dealing with Christmas but I don't know this year I feel a little bit of the the holiday joy and cheer so I took the time again all 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 20 minutes of that time took a little bit of time to put some sort of decorations up look I wrapped the light pole in uh garland and then I wrap the microphone stand in Garland, too. And there's a little little, little bit of good stuff up there. And I had a realization while I was doing this, which is that I think uh, come next year, I think it's time I'm going to, to cut my hair. I'm so fucking tired of it. And I think that I'm at a level now where I'm really starting to notice it, too. It's getting in the way of just about everything. It's the biggest pain in the ass. And the reason that I haven't done it before is, okay, so here's the story of why I have long hair. The point is, is that the last time that I've gotten my hair cut was when I was a senior in high school, which is about, I'd say, uh, close to or maybe a little bit more than 10 years ago at this point. And the only reason that I did not ever go back to get it cut again and I just kind of got lazy about it, let it grow, whatever the fuck it's going to do is going to happen, is because I was too lazy to go get it cut. Simple as that. And so now we've reached a point 10 years later where it's ridiculously long and it's a ridiculous pain in the ass. And yesterday, 
when I was setting up the the Christmas decorations and all the little garland and all the shit, it oh, it the if you guys could see the floor of the studio right now, it is rough looking because I imagine that it's especially worse with tinsel. You know, that shit that you buy in packages and you just like throw on the Christmas tree to slam it on there. I just spit on the screen. Nice. But that's what you do. You slam all the tinsel on there. Garland does not seem like it would be as bad, but it turns out it is because when I'm trying to finagle it and like wrap it around things and hang it on stuff, all the little bits and pieces of it start falling out. And I went to go take a shower afterwards and I saw little pieces of fucking garland in my hair and it's just a pain in the ass. Plus, and I know uh, I'm not speaking to the, the guys with long hair that are listening, but the women especially, you, you all, all you ladies probably know about the struggles, about when you're trying to do something and there's just, it, it's in the way. You can't see shit. You got to brush it out of the way. Um, I'm getting kind of tired of it. So I'm thinking uh, towards the beginning of the year, next year, it it's about time to, it's about time for it to, uh, to get the ax. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I have the benefit of doing that. Look, ladies, if you guys do it, then uh, you might, there's a potential, and I imagine that this might be a reason that some of you don't do it, is that you think that you'll look like a Karen after you do it. And I'm not going to lie, uh, a lot of you do. A lot of you will if you choose to do that. Fortunately, I'm, I'm going to use my, my male privilege and just say that, you know, I can cut my hair, no consequences, because that's kind of the default for guys is we're supposed to do that. So I'm, I'm thinking about doing it. I've been thinking about it more heavily than I ever have at any point in this 10-year cycle of having long hair. But you know, I, I think it's I think the time has come. The reason that I was holding out so long is because uh I, I wanted to get in a little bit like better shape and see what I would look like with long hair and in much better shape. I already I'm glad that the olden days of the show are long forgotten before I I lost the 75 pounds and I'm now in in the position that we're in now uh still not at the point where I want to be but I was procrastinating I was like all right I want to get to the point where I want to be before I do it and then you know that's we'll we'll take it from there if I like it we'll keep it if not then right off get the axe and so I'm thinking about doing it so I hope that you guys enjoy the fine christmas themed studio that we have for the next month uh, i put a little bit over on you guys will see this on thursday on the very interesting show but i put some over there on uh on johnny horndog's microphone too so we'll 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 be nice and festive ready for the holidays ready to consume all of the shit and we're gonna have some fun tonight so of course, once again, before we really get started, please be sure to follow, like, subscribe. It is at Simulation Radio on uh, everything. And you can also give us a call, too, if you would like. More than likely, leave a voicemail unless it's live on the air. And I made the mistake of using the studio's phone number uh, while I didn't have my phone working for a while to sign up for some stuff. And now I don't know whether any of the calls that I'm getting in the studio are real calls or if they're just like debt collectors or some shit but you know if i have to take a debt collector's call live on the air then you know that, that sounds a little bit like fun that sounds like a pretty good bit but give us a call send us a text leave us a voicemail as well and we could could and by could i mean more than likely will play it on the air so there's been a lot that has uh, gone on in the news today. A, a lot of it is not super serious. It was, it was a pretty fun day of the news cycle. At the very least, if you're not following the Doomer timeline of, oh my god, the Omicron variant is out, which, look, the official my official take on the Omicron variant is... Who cares? We don't know too much about it yet. Uh, none of the people in powers, at least they're pretending like they don't really seem too concerned about it. And plus, they just discovered this last Wednesday. So I'm willing to kind of wait and see here on where this is going, how dangerous it might be. And we'll follow along with that. 
And of course, as the Doomers continue to rise up with their Doomer takes, then uh, we will be there as well. So I went to a football game that I talked about on uh, the very interesting show last week. I went to see the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Buffalo Bills. And it was honestly one of the most fun experiences that I've ever had uh, watching sports, obviously because it was live. And a video uh, went viral today about the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. And I got that funny little feeling when I was watching it that I saw in the stadium. It, You know how when you see a viral video and you're either in that location before or you're familiar with that location, you see the viral video there's something special about it being going viral that everybody else is seeing that you get to look at it and go, oh, I was there. I remember that place. And I got that feeling while watching this uh, this video that went viral with the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. And apparently the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot is having some trouble doing stunts that you're supposed to be able to do as a Jacksonville Jaguars mascot or any NFL mascot. Check this footage out with me. This is uh this is something something strange. It's the mascot getting stuck during a bungee jump at the Jags game this past weekend. I think they were versus the Atlanta Falcons. And check this out with me. See how Okay. Ah, the classic No. How could they not have anticipated this? Imagine you're up there in that mas mascot costume. Oh, it looks like you're sinking now. This looks like a pretty solid trip to the ground. Looks really fun. Oh, he made it to the stands. All right, he saved. Woo. We got him. I feel like Jags fans like the mascot more than they do the uh, the actual team, and you know that that's that's what we're gonna run with. <laughs> I don't know. I got that that funny, squeamy, juicy inner feeling of "Ooh, I've been there. I've seen that." And when something goes viral, that's that's kind of what happens. So, last bit of uh, kind of depressing news, which is that. Of course, the trial of old Gislaine Maxwell. I know it's like Ghislaine or some... Who the fuck knows what it actually is? Ghislaine Maxwell. Look, I'm just going to keep calling her Gislaine because it's funny. And I got to get the cheap laughs out somewhere. If I can't do it with actually being funny, then I'm going to continue to call her Gislaine. And that's just how I'm going to farm laughs. It, the, the content minds are ruthless and i have to continue to milk them for as long as i can but her trial started today of course we know her from the uh the quote-unquote suicide of jeffrey epstein she was jeffrey epstein's right-hand woman who supposedly and allegedly was the person who was setting up all of these encounters and who was uh kind of being the facilitator here one of her again, alleged victims took the stand today. And uh, I will, we'll of course, continue to follow this trial as it uh, as it goes on. And because the opening statements occurred today, we will continue to follow it. Uh, prosecution called them partners in crime, which, I mean, it sounds pretty obvious to anybody that's not in the courtroom. I imagine I'm really like, going through my mental headspace and trying to imagine what uh, the jury selection process looks like. Has Hey, have you heard of Jeffrey Epstein or old Gislaine? I can't imagine there's a lot of people that uh, say no at this point. But then again, there are people out there, and that amount of people out there is uh, most of them, who do not plug themselves into the online world that, you know, all the Twitter users use and all the people on social media use. And maybe they just don't know. So I had some trouble uh, 
thinking about how they could have objective jurors, but I guess they they found a way to do it. Sarah Ransom is the alleged victim's name, and she arrived at the courthouse today. She never thought this day would come, she said briefly to reporters in the trial. This is, again, this is only day one of old Gislaine's trial, and we will continue to follow it as, as it goes on, but at least they are receiving testimony from a lot of these alleged victims. I'm not sure if they have more of them lined up. These incidents occurred from 94 to 2004. So that's a fairly healthy span of getting all the global elites to just fulfill their wildest pedophilia and sexual fantasies with young girls. But look, it's not a thing that is out of the realm of possibility. If that's what... Imagine that you're the most powerful elite in the world and you have everything that money could buy, anything that you could possibly want at your fingertips. But some of those people at the top of the macro-dominance hierarchy uh, have a little bit different of an idea as to what they want to do with all of their power. Imagine you're in that situation. Nothing can spiritually fulfill you anymore, and you just think, huh, you know what? I kind of want to have sex with an underage girl. And unfortunately for Jeffrey Epstein, well, Probably fortunately for him, he's no longer here to face what's going to happen. But old Gislaine is, and we will continue to follow that as it occurs. Oh my, okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. We are going to do, it's been a while since we've done an actual, like, segment on the show. And so we'll get to that in just a moment, because there are a lot of viral social media stories that have made the news recently. But first, there's a certain class of driver that research has shown is more likely to be psychopathic than any other brand of vehicle owner. And before I go into this with you guys, before you guys who are inevitably watching the VOD or listening to the podcast recording, make your guesses. Get your guesses in right now. Which car manufacturer... Because we've heard the stereotypes, which car manufacturer is uh, aligned with being the most psychopathic type of car owner? Look, get your names in now. You got, I've, I know Lexus drivers get a lot of shit. BMW drivers get a lot of shit. Uh, all the supercars manufacturers get a lot of shit. And so get your guesses in because this, the result here, there's two of them at the top. The top two, and then we have a significant drop-off between the average psychopathy scores. So what happened was this research involved 2,000 drivers, and it was conducted by the scrap car comparison. And it was of varying car makes and models to complete the psychopath test, which is a 12-question survey that is able to determine where a person falls on the psychopathy scale. And it's interesting because I, I took this test uh, a little while ago with my dad and his girlfriend, and uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm, you know I'm not gonna share my results on that, but you know maybe maybe another day. <laughs> Look, if you really want to know what my results are on the psychopathy test, then please leave a comment, and you know may, maybe I'll make a video about this if you really want to know. If not, then you know, I'm just going to leave it sitting there. I'm going to leave it be, and nobody will inquire about the status of my psychopathy test. But coming out on top, this average psychopathy score is out of 36. And the top two came at 12.1 and 11.7. And I'll start by revealing number two first. So number two is Audi with an average psychopathy score of 11 point seven and that leaves number one being you know do i have a drum roll let me see if we uh if i do have a drum roll more than likely not but okay it's bmw skip the drum roll but bmw came in with a 12.1 score so does that align with what the stereotypes are does that align with what you guys think of as an average BMW driver, do the average BMW drivers come off as psychopathic to you? 
I mean, you could probably tell by the way that they're driving more than likely, but let me know what you think about this because I'm curious as to whether or not this aligns with uh, the stereotypes out there or whether or not it aligns with your experience driving on the road, right? Because I know all of you guys out there that are driving, you'll have that situation where somebody will cut you off, some dumb shit will do something really bad in traffic, and one of the things that you might go to, one of the things that you might kind of keep in your head about this is the what kind of car whoever fucked you over in traffic is driving. And that kind of experience is something that I'd like to hear whether or not it is uh, accurate on this test. Of course, I'll go down the rest of the list, too. After the huge drop-off at number two, coming in at 7.0 is Fiat, 6.4 is Mazda at number four, 6.3 Honda at number five, Ford's number six was 6.1. Then we've got Mercedes-Benz. I've never heard of this manufacturer before. Citroën? At 5.8, Justin would fucking murder me for this. Volkswagen at 5.4 and Hyundai at 5.3. The managing director of Scrap Car Comparison, Dan Gick, who conducted the study, said, While our findings might back up some existing stereotypes of drivers who are unsafe on the road, it's worth noting that none of the levels seen in our study were any cause for concern. And while certain TV shows or films might trivialize what it means to be a psychopath, it is a condition that should be taken seriously. For us, the number one priority is ensuring that whether you drive a BMW or a Skoda, which I guess is the bottom of the list, the article that I saw only lists the top 10, you're staying safe while driving so that your car doesn't have to prematurely hit the scrap heap. Which I guess out of 36, the top one, BMW being at a 12.1, the top one out of 36, I guess a 12 out of 36, that's only what, 33% psycho? So, all right, so if you're a BMW driver here, that's what this study is saying, is that if you are a BMW driver, then you are a 33% psycho. That's how the numbers work, right? So let me know what you think about this. Please be sure to uh, leave a comment, tag everything, share uh, influencer words. It's down there. Do the thing. And now I am not Kent Brockman, but this is I on social media. Send all the influencers to the gulag, I say. And that's also what Russia is saying, because they have imprisoned three influencers for three for up to three and five years for pranking a taxi driver. Oh, God. This person has one point two million followers on Instagram. All right, let's all right, let's go. Let's take a crack at this pronunciation. Ian Supov. I was expecting Supapov because that, you know, that uh, my brain was going to autofill the rest of the letters. No, it's just Supov. He's got 1.2 million followers on Instagram, and he was filmed as he pranked a taxi driver back in March. And he was, of course, sentenced uh, earlier this week or late last week, I guess. They will be jailed for three and a half years, this influencer and two others, for pranking a taxi driver. And what happened was. They called an Uber-type taxi for a prank, which I guess uh, Uber taxi or something related. It's not exactly an Uber, but some kind of taxi service over there in Russia. And when the car pulled up, two of them got into the cabin and asked the driver to open the trunk and help their friend load the shopping bags. After the taxi driver got out, however... One of the bloggers got behind the wheel of a BMW and then drove away 
which does not seem like a good idea to any reasonable, sane human being. Of course, they returned a couple minutes later, and they told the driver, it's all prank. It was just a prank, bruh. We were going to bring the car back anyway. But what the fuck are you supposed to expect if you're, like, the owner or the driver of that taxi? Do you really think that, oh, oh these guys are influencers. They're real. They're stand-up people. Surely they're going to bring the car back, and they're just doing it for a prank. What if you're not clued into what's going on here? You really, how can you not take the Uber driver or the taxi driver's side, which is that influencer, influencers just have, by the way, influencers just have, they must have zero uh, empathy or zero understanding of anything that's happening in the world around them outside of, oh, we're making a video, bruh. How do you not expect that to happen? Fortunately, they were, uh, well, I say fortunately, that's a little judgy, but they're off to the gulag for three and a half years in Russia because it was just a prank, bro. <laughs> this happens all the time in Russia, apparently, because uh, bloggers, which I guess is what they're calling the influencers now. But look, if you have 1.2 million followers on Instagram, you're you're an influencer. That's kind of how it works. I mean, you can call them a fucking blogger all you want. Maybe to get the bad name of influencers out. Not that people think of influencers as positive anyway, besides just kind of clickbaity shit. But they are regularly sentenced to imprisonment by filming videos with pranks. Uh, one of them who was in the car filmed what was happening on video, including the driver's reaction. And one of them, one of these three influencers, previously had problems with the law because of his pranks in the blogger's homeland, Kazakhstan. Very nice. That, that, that's not that's not very nice. In March of 2020, he scared the passengers of the Alma-Ata Metro, and he began demonstrative, demonstratively coughing in a carriage full of people, bringing a napkin with fake blood to his mouth. How do you think this is a good idea? How do you think, okay, it's one thing to make videos such as Mr. Beast, which we're going to get to in a moment, where you're kind of benefiting people for, and just the fact that you're having some fun is a side effect. But this is an instance where you're only exerting negative energy on the other person that you're attempting to prank. And that's one of the reasons that influencers get a bad name in many cases, rightfully so. Because they're doing shit like this where they're causing mass uproar and fear and they're genuinely fucking with people just, you know, because it's a prank. We're making a video, bruh. These influencers will likely be sent to the Gulag around 500 kilometers from Moscow. And I can't help but be slightly pleased about this because these influencers sound like just generally shitty people. Obviously, you can't make that big of a judgment call. But if you're doing this kind of shit, uh, I feel like it's safe to say or safe to make a judgment about the general quality and character of these influencers. The camps are about four hectares in size with single-story and two-story brick buildings. They were built at least 50 years ago and are in a bad state. And these gulags generally house about 800 detainees where prisoners live in barracks of between 100 and 120 people. So the gulag doesn't sound like a good time, man. Look, was it worth it? Was it worth it? I would argue that it was not worth it. Let's see what else happened. Oh, yeah. So imagine that you're a conservative radio show. Maybe you're out of touch with most of the world. You're kind of wrapped up in the world of politics, and you don't really spend too much time getting outside and knowing uh, what makes the world tick and what makes people happy because you're spent wrapped up in that world of... And this goes for... Uh, this goes for influencers or this goes for uh, radio show hosts of both sides, by the way. This isn't just limited to conservative talk radio hosts, even though I know that that's the primary market in radio now is conservative talk radio. Because, look, most of the listeners of radio are generally older and they're more inclined 
to listen to conservative radio. But imagine that you're a conservative radio host and you don't get out enough to be in tune with culture and you get a prank phone call and you don't realize it that you're getting pranked, bruh. You don't realize it until it's too late. This prankster, his name was Rob Doby. He's an illustrator. He took credit for the incident that went viral on social media. He says, I called a conservative morning show and tried to name as many punk bands as I could before they caught on. <laughs> of course, viewers took delight in this, and the hosts didn't really know what was going on. So I would like to play this video for you guys so that you can see what the deal is with this. It's been viewed over 700,000 times and liked over 23,000 times. This is him on Twitter giving uh, giving the rundown here. Okay, we have got Bill on the line. He's calling from here in Nashua. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi, Liz. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Good. You know, I think one of my main problems is uh, I'm, I'm a Republican in a fairly liberal area. And at times I feel like everyone is just like against me. So I feel like what we need to do is listen to what our descendants told us, because in the past we refused to live like a life of agony. <laughs> These are all punk rock references. You know, I'm sick of it all. I'm sick of people thinking we're just a minor threat. You know, enough of that Fugazi. I mean, the host is nodding in agreement. We just got bad yes. brains and, yes. and yes. misfits who wave, you know, a black flag. They're practically anti-flag. You know, I think we need to converge and help the youth of today because every time you blink, 182 kids they go missing. You got 20 so, of these zingers I don't in there. Think we should be exploited anymore. We need to rise against, or you know, they're going to have to deal with rise the against. Boy. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> they're taking this seriously. More folks are. Um, and and this is good, right, guys? Well, yeah, it yep. it always it always happens. We have uh, the left takes power; they overreach. A new group of people rises up. Like now, it's parents mostly. One of the things that I really dislike about conservative radio hosts and like the far right, for instance, is how they don't really focus on what to do. They just focus on uh, anti being anti left. And look, that's not a real position. Being anti left without having anything of substance to add for yourself is not a real position to have. And so naturally, when you get wrapped up in that, then you kind of lose touch with reality and you lose touch with culture and you lose touch with kind of what makes people tick. And no better example of that than these conservative radio hosts because like they spent a lot of time like victimizing themselves. Uh, I'm a conservative in a largely left-leaning area. Well, that's kind of the hand that you're dealt. You kind of have to deal with that. I mean, I'm no fan of the far left either, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta settle at some point. You gotta just lean into what's going on. Well, maybe not lean into it, but you have to have some level of acceptance as to what's going on with culture and what's going on in life. And it takes examples like this to kind of show how, how, out of touch the right wing movement is too. Look in the culture war, the right wing is losing. So they, they gotta, they gotta fall back on just completely victimizing themselves. Oh, look at us. The left is out to get us. We know what are you going to do? They don't really have anything to do. The only thing that they have to do is fucking complain about it. So I wanted to get to this Mr. Beast video. Actually, I'll save it for when we come back because I mentioned that we would be covering the Mr. Beast video when we talked about the Gulag. They're in there. And Mr. Beast took this and he's offering $456,000 for playing Squid Game in real life. And I was going to to do this on Ion social media, but I'll actually, I think this deserves some more time and attention because I really want to dive in depth with this story and with this video and see how faithful it is towards uh, actual squid games. Now, obviously they, they can't just go around and fucking kill people, but I would really, really like to, to dive into this. Plus I have another interesting Mr. Beast's beast. Why is his name so hard to say? Mr. Beast. There's a lot of S sounds in it. 
I do have another uh, Mr. Beast story that I would like to get to. And so we will get to that, plus all the other things that I teased in the show description, and then we will uh, wrap it up with a good old time at the end. Stay with us. Simulation Radio. Simulation Radio. I was captivated by it. Tons of people in the world were also captivated by it. I am, of course, talking about Squid Game. Or Squid Games. I don't remember if it was singular or plural. It had to have been plural because there were, of course, six games. And I've been following uh, Mr. Beast, who, if you don't know who he is, he is, I believe, the most popular YouTuber that exists. I don't know if he's actually the most popular, but he's definitely one of the most influential because this video that he had that came out just last week, just mere days ago, already has 114 million viewers. And you see that figure, you see that number, and it's hard to argue with Mr. Beast being probably the most influential YouTuber that exists out there. And if you don't know the shtick of Mr. Beast's YouTube videos, essentially what he does is he goes around and gives people like a bunch of free money and free stuff. And he ends up making that money back in the revenue from the YouTube video. Like how much money do you think 114 million view YouTube video is going to make? Probably I would bet more than $456,000. That of course does not, uh, also cover the cost of what it took to build the studio. And I did follow some of Mr. Beast's Twitter while he was building the studio or building the props and the set for this video. And I'm curious as to, uh, I do want to dive deep into this story, but one of the, honestly, one of the things that caused me to follow Mr. Beast a little bit closer, I knew that he existed beforehand, but didn't really delve into the world of his videos until fairly recently because I was watching uh, I was watching a League of Legends stream, which, I mean, kind of fits well with the jerseys that I'm wearing today. I'm not a fan of them anymore, so don't give me shit about that if you're a League of Legends watcher. But I was watching um, Doublelift stream the other day, and he's one of the top, former players who retired and is now a streamer and is probably one of the most popular streamers in league. And I was watching his stream. He was playing with another uh, popular leaguer, uh, Tyler one and Mr. Beast apparently also plays that. And I was watching the three of them duo queue. Well, not duo queue. Cause it was three of them playing, but the three of them playing a game together. And what happened was, and this made this game very, very interesting And what happened was somebody on the enemy team noticed that it was Mr. Beast on the team that was that I was watching. And he asked in all chat because you can talk to the enemy team in league, at least for now, until they they take that out. But you can talk to the enemy team and somebody on the enemy team typed in all chat, asked Mr. Beast, can you pay for my college tuition? And Mr. Beast he didn't pay for the full college tuition, but Mr. Beast typed back in the chat, uh, sure, I'll I'll pay 10K of your college tuition if you win this game. And that made that game quite, quite spicy, especially with 10K on the line. I don't know. There's something about that when the stakes are ridiculously high that makes it that much more interesting to watch. And I, I had a really good time watching that game. And so... That was the thing that caused me to kind of delve a little bit further into the world of Mr. Beast. And I want to check this video out with you guys. This is the Mr. Beast games. And supposedly what happened was 456 people uh, registered or signed up for it, or he just 
found 456 people off the street. I don't fucking know how this works. Maybe the video will explain. And caused them or forced them, probably not forced them, but asked them to compete in these squid games where the punishment was uh, once again, you know, just like in the show, certain death. I mean, it, it wasn't, but... It's interesting how how they handle that, and we'll we'll check this out in the video. And these aren't really spoilers for Squid Game, by the way. If you haven't seen it, and if you haven't seen it by now, then I'm almost at a point where it's like, all right, tough shit for spoilers. You haven't seen it; it's been out long enough. If you wanted to see it, then you'll go see it. I, I almost went on a rant about the spoiler people. Look, it's been out for fucking months. Go see it if you don't want to have it spoiled for you. That's just how shit works. So let, let's check this out, because if you've seen it already and would like to uh, kind of analyze this and see how accurate it is, or if you haven't seen it and you've seen the memes at the very least, because I'm sure most people have at least seen the meme of that doll in the red light, green light game from the first episode. Uh, we'll let's let's check it out. That way we can we can gauge for ourselves every single set from squid game in real life and whichever one of these 456 people survives the longest wins 456 grand the first game we're gonna play is red light green light and they have of course minutes to cross the red line on the other side of the huge room so without further ado green light red light all right so how do they handle people dying uh oh. And as you can see, every single player has a device strapped to them that when they're eliminated, it pops. Uh, Chris, you want to have a chance at one? Red light. She's dead. Uh oh. Oh. Oh, oh no. I, I know for sure this guy moved. Green light. Red light. Oh. Man, if only Mr. Beast could afford the. Uh, I'm sure he could if he really wanted to, but this would require much more work of having those automated cameras that is on the lens of the eye from the doll when it turns around where it determines like how to shoot people or who to shoot that's moved during the challenge. And I know that the way that they did it here was during the red light phase, they just kind of walked around and saw people moving and uh, blew, they blew them up. Oh, no. But, you know, I, it would have been really nice to, to it would have been fun if they had the insane technology to determine if people are moving or not. I guess the hand-eye test works just as well. Oh, yo, they're dropping. Okay, now some people are getting out. You got to get a better spot for the next red light, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're fine. 30 people have gotten out so far. If they move right now, they're out. They have to hold this position until we say green light. And I can take all the time I want. This is a 25-minute video, so we'll... Uh... Get a green light going. This guy's doing a full squat. Green light. Green light. Oh, they all stop. Red light. Oh, oh, I caught it. I caught oh that's it. how they fuck with people. Oh, no. Okay. Do it slowly, though. Be careful. Okay, Are you good? Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Green light. That's funny. Red light. All right, so let's see how they handle the second challenge. All right. Some people have moved on to the next round in the Squid Games Challenge. Congratulations on surviving red light, green light. Wow, they actually set up the dorms, too. So, Quite accurately. Where's the big survive. giant piggy bank? Head, the oh, there it is. Brawl Stars. Is Brawl Stars a sponsor? You know what? Let me, let me look into this because Brawl Stars. Oh, it is an online game. This must be... Oh, it is. I've heard of this game before. Okay, this must be how they've made uh, all the money from this video and how they could afford paying somebody $456,000. Not that this YouTube video with 114 million views would not make 456k, but you know, the Mr. Beast is just being efficient with this money. All right, well, I want to see how they handle the the honeycomb game the next it's one. It's a needle in a cookie with a different shape on it, and they have 10 minutes to remove the shape from the cookie. But if they This one's the actually shape, the easiest to do to recreate. The only thing they'll have to do is just not shoot people that die or that fail. Why did you pick this one? Just like the middle. Basically, you don't think it's Umbrella. There's umbrella, no you're... Umbrella. Did you even watch Squid Game? No. <laughs> oh, this lady did not watch Squid Game. So 
how they had to handle this was they had to have four random doors that didn't show you the shapes because obviously everybody knows what the fuck is going on here at this point. And if everybody lines up for it, they're going to all pick the, what is it? The triangle is the easiest one. So they had to not show everybody what, what shape they're picking because everybody's seen it at this point. So many of these people are about to get out. Reveal shape number one. Oh. All right. Reveal the second symbol. Uh, All right, let's skip through. Oh, some guy actually oh got the, the umbrella. This is the first perfect umbrella I've seen. I wonder if... Oh, that, that woman was uh, doing the strategy that the main character in Squid Games did, was uh, just licking the back of it until it got to an easy point to to carve out of it. I wonder if anybody cheated and had, had a lighter. All right, let's move past the dorm. I want to see the the tug of war game. How do they handle this? So they so they don't fall to their deaths. They just fall into a, a pit of foam or marshmallows or whatever. Oh no! All right, what about the marbles game? You can play whatever game you want, but you need 20 to leave. A lot of pairs went with marble games that were played in Squid Game. Odd. So that one is also fairly easy to recreate because there's not much that you have to do there besides just play a game of marbles. So let, let's see. All right, back to the dorms now. I wonder if they end up killing people in the dorm. Oh, he gave away 2K to somebody who... Oh, they played the that game that the main character did at the beginning of the series that got him into squid games that fucking flat game and of course they got to get the product placement in here for 2k okay here's here's the bridge i want to see how they randomized okay so what happened is is that kind of like the honeycomb game they had to randomize this one because everybody knows what the game is at this point so you know that you want to be the last person that's crossing the glass bridge before falling to your certain death and so they had to randomize it to have people pick different ones that they don't know what the number is and so i guess that that's how they got through this What'd one oh she got one. Uh, oh. Everybody's having fun, even though there's 456k on the line. We are now at the glass bridge set, and look at how insane this thing looks. It is amazing. And bring out the contestants. I can't wait to see the look. Of course, they couldn't use real glass. Oh my God! Players, welcome to glass bridge. Yay! There's two platforms you can jump on. One will drop you, and one will hold you. Start the timer. So it's like a trap door type thing. Obviously, they can't use real glass. I'm sticking. I'm sticking. All right. She survived the first jump. Okay. They are one for one so far. She knows she's not going to make it, though. Okay. I don't know if I'd listen to Chris. Chris, is on you. Hey, victory. We had our first loss. Okay. So that there's something about this that I don't like, actually. This is probably the first part of this video that I don't like which is that there's a delay when whoever the leading person is jumps on the next square before they determine if they failed or if they lost. Whereas if, when you in the show, when you jump on the false glass panel, then it instantly shatters and then you fall to your death and then, you know, uh, money is not had by you and death is had by you. <coughs> but in this game, in the Mr. Beast version, brought to you by Brawl Stars... They had to like manually open the trap door. I think I don't know. They I I feel like they could have they could have uh, done something a little bit better than that. So they did end up eliminating four people at the end of this. All right, how did they handle the dinner? Thousand dollars. Let's go. Now, unlike the show, this isn't a real knife. This is plastic. 
but you do have steak. Everyone, make Wait. sure you eat up so you have plenty of energy for this. Now, I'm thinking about I wanted to see someone get stabbed. Right now. I'm gonna probably give most of it to my family, friends. That money's coming home with me, giving 100k straight to my mama. I'm feeling great. It's just blessed to be. Oh, here. that guy's 456. I'm, I'm definitely the main character. 456 is in at the end, still, of course. You should, if you have the means. I won't fold under no pressure. I'm not worried about none of these files. Ain't nobody got nothing on me. None of these what? All right, we have to hear that again because I need a translation from fuckboy to English on this one. Maybe this is just some some Zoomer thing that I don't know or a Zoomer terminology that I don't know. But look, I, I need a Zoomer to real human translator for this word. All of you should, if you have the means. I won't fold under no pressure. I'm not worried about none of these faws. Ain't nobody none of these faws? What the fuck? That's not even a real word. Uh, all right, maybe Zoomer language is escaping me a little, a little too hard. Maybe I mean I know we've come a long way since the whole uh, bet rant, but this is this is a little ridiculous. This is a little, little, little too ridiculous on on his part. That's not even a real word. That's just a fucking vocal sound that comes out of your mouth. These fuzz. What? What? What is that even? All right, let's see. So apparently for the last game, they had to do uh, musical chairs because I doubt that they could get away with having people actually wrestle and fight to the death and do that squid game as the last one. So they do end up doing uh, musical chairs at the end. Carl, do not look. Chris, don't look. Carl isn't looking, so we can't be biased. All right, let's see what happens. He got it. Uh-oh. I got more, man. Yeah, I'm he's pretty way sure. more. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no. Bring the coffin over here. Oh, they bring a coffin. He has officially been eliminated and five remain. This chair is now gone. All right, so who ends up winning? Three people, two chairs, one Oh, no. The main character's out. Keep it moving. No, you got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. Oh, no. Uh, it's between two people now. Oh, imagine you're this close to $456,000 and you're in like the top three and then you just you lose it to RNG like that. Like I, I played a lot of TFT in my lifetime, never with 456k on the line, but getting dicked by bad RNG is just pff, not good. And I imagine the emotional intensity of that is just ratcheted completely upwards with having all of that money on the line. But look, it, it makes it more exciting. So who ends up winning? Oh, 79 wins. When will he pause it? When's he gonna pause it? Wow. Oh, now imagine if you're at 330, that other guy. You're this close, you were this close. If it makes you feel better, I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars for coming in second place. Oh, you're kidding me! No. Oh, cool. Participation. Actually, no. You don't. No, that's not cool. You're the loser. You're supposed to walk away with nothing. That's literally a participation trophy. Is getting to walk away with ten k. I mean, to be fair, I get that that's nothing to Mr. Beast, and he did kind of offer ten k to pay for that that League of Legends solo queue players uh, tuition, but I don't know. I. I'm not a big fan of the idea of participation trophies. But overall, okay, so one of the things that I did enjoy about this, unlike the the influencers that were sent to the gulag from Ion Social Media, is that this was a good outcome. Obviously, we're doing this all for entertainment value, but at the same time, Mr. Beast is not just like being a dick to people. He's not doing the whole uh, prank bruh influencer culture. And so that leads me to believe that I'm kind of okay with Mr. Beast being one of the the top influencers because especially the way that he's gone viral by just kind of giving away shit is at least a little bit more uh, noteworthy and more just morally sound than just generally being a shitty person and just so happening to try to catch it on camera for clicks and views. All right, I want to talk about one more story that uh, I guess it's a... I don't even want to say story that didn't make the cut, but I did kind of tease it a little bit. So really quick, before we get to it, Jack Dorsey is stepping down as CEO of Twitter. 
His replacement has worked at Twitter for quite a while, and so we'll see how this transition continues to uh, unfold. This is effective immediately. The new CEO took over today, and... Canada is out of maple syrup, ladies and gentlemen. The Quebec Maple Syrup Producers, which is a leading trade group, said it is releasing roughly 50 million pounds from its strategic maple syrup reserves, which is almost half of the stockpile. And this is really funny to me. The government-supported organization, which is often called the OPEC of maple syrup. And the fact that we're living in a world where there can be an OPEC of maple syrup. Okay. All right. Sure. They use this uh, organization to use its reserves to control syrup prices and supply. And apparently, as of 2020, Quebec produced 73% of all maple syrup in the world. And we here in the United States are its biggest customer, which accounts for around 60% of Canada's export volume. The Quebec maple syrup producers did not immediately respond to requests for comment, and it is more likely because they are trying to get some maple syrup to the people. Apparently, this is not the first time that this has happened either, because between 2011 and 2012, 3,000 tons of maple syrup were secretly siphoned from the reserve in a notorious theft known as the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist, which might explain why there is no syrup today. Let's do Reach for the Sky. Oh no, not my sheep! Somebody do something! Yeah, we don't have a lot of time for this, so we will do a quickie, quickie run-through of... You know, actually, we do have a couple minutes. I was misled by the timer because I don't cut the breaks out of the recording anymore. Instead, I just do it in post-edit. Look, by the way, I am going back to uh, uploading all of the shows as just one long, like, one-hour video rather than split them into two because it makes it easier to make titles for them. Uh... I have more characters to work with so I can write more clickbaity stuff. And I think it's just better organizationally. And I think that more people prefer it that way too. So of course, at the end of the show, we do do reach for the sky where we go to randomquestionmaker.com and check out its five categories, candid, weird, icebreaker, creative, and funny. And let's see, I think, uh, I think we went with weird last time. Now, the underappreciated category that I think we don't get to as often are icebreakers. I feel like if we were to do a distribution, like a pie chart of which categories get picked on which day, I feel like icebreaker would be the smallest slice of the pie. And so we're going to give icebreaker just a little bit of a little bit of love today. Let's see what we've got here. Uh, what is your favorite season? That's actually a tough one because here in Florida, we have two seasons. We have summer and then we have two weeks of fall, which I guess is what other people would would classify as just based on the weather. I think we're in that period right now, by the way. It is nice as fuck out. It was upper 50s all day. Well, lower 60s. It's going to be in the low 50s to upper 40s tonight. And that's oh, beautiful, beautiful. Now, I am kind of a pussy when it comes to the cold, so I did have to bust out my space heater to get ready for tonight because, look, I even have to wear a jacket in, like, low 60s. I know. Call me a pussy all you want. Plus, I don't have all that, like, all the extra weight to insulate me anymore, but I'm still kind of a pussy when it comes to the cold. But if we're talking about actual seasons, I would say my favorite season is more more than likely uh, fall. It's beautiful outside. It's got really decent weather. It's the the perfect balance between it being ridiculously hot and it being shiveringly cold. And a lot of good things throughout the year happen during that time. Like I think, if I'm not mistaken, Thanksgiving is technically in the fall season. I don't actually think that winter starts until mid-December if my facts are on point, which they very well might not be. Who the fuck knows? And I don't know. Autumn's beautiful. It's got a lot of good stuff. A lot of cool holidays. Great weather. 
a good time of year because, of course, autumn is when we get to the prime time, or at least the beginning of the season, of football, fellas! Yeah! So I'm a big fan of autumn, personally. It's it's just great. I, I like Halloween, too. Like I know that we did a bit on the Very Interesting Show a while ago where I just fucking railed into it, but I actually like Halloween. Spoiler alert, some things are just bits. Halloween is pretty cool, too. And, of course, we have all the minor, other minor holidays, like, uh, is Labor Day in fall? I don't know. Either way, I would say fall. So that will uh, just about wrap up the show today. It was a fun one. Please be sure to follow, like, subscribe, leave a comment about any of the topics that we talked about tonight, and you will get your voice heard as we talk about it and discuss it on future shows. Had a, I had a lot of fun. Hope you all did too. And we will uh, see you again next time. Catch a video tomorrow. Also, go check out that Dancing Cactus video that's on YouTube and on Instagram. It was fun. Don't do five grams of Coke.